today. So last week we're talking about, um, we're in um, that the church is actually God's living room, right? And how we host people in our living room and who we invite into our living room and how we host the presence of God says a lot about what we believe about God. Okay, so that's, that's, the, that's the guts of the message. Um, there was some other stuff around it, but what I wanted to talk about today is I, I'd actually love to talk about passion. I'm passionate about my wife. I love, uh, I love looking over at Shannon and going, you know what? You know, after, even after, what, over 20 years of knowing, knowing each other, I look over at Shannon every now and again, and our anniversary is coming up, and I'm like, our wedding anniversary, I'm like, you know what? You're a bit of all right. You know that? Hey. And the thing is, is that we're all passionate about all kinds of things, right? And there's certain things that we can be passionate about, and it's a good thing. And there's certain, certain things that we can be passionate about, and it's actually a distraction, right? I have passion for my wife. I love my wife. But if that's what I focused on in a church environment, um, people would leave. <laughs> um, but um, not, only, not only that, um, I would get distracted, okay? Now, we all have passions. We all have things that, are, um, that burn within us. We all have things that we are passionate about. And so what I wanted to talk about today is um, actually around that whole idea of passion and where is your passion? What do you burn for? What's the thing that you carry? That's, that's what it is. So I wanted to, um, the, the title of the message, if you're a note taker, is Eat Your Peace. Okay? Passion, purpose, and proficiency. Alright? I'm not a three-point message guy, and this won't be a three-point message, but if you want three points... This is what, what today is going to be about, is talking about the intersection between passion, purpose, and proficiency, okay? So anyway, eat your peas, that's where it's from. I, um, I found uh, this kind of cool quote, which has nothing to do with my message, I just think it's a lovely drawing. This is actually on the inside of a tunnel um, somewhere in the world. Um, and it says here, I have no special talents, I am only passionately curious. And so that was Albert Einstein. See, the thing is, is that quite often one of the reasons why we don't operate in the areas that God's calling us to is we genuinely don't believe that we're proficient in an area. We genuinely don't think that we have the skills. We genuinely don't think that we're good enough, strong enough, smart enough. Insert whatever excuse you want to insert into there. But my argument for today, and the thing that I'd love for you guys to think about, is that passion actually trumps proficiency. Passion actually trumps Proficiency. If God gives you a passion for something, you don't actually have to be proficient in it because God equips those he calls. So for some of us, some of us have been holding on to a calling now for a long, long period of time and then just waiting for the skills in order to be able to fulfill that calling. Might I suggest to you, if God has placed that passion on your heart, yes, there's absolutely steps that you can put in place in order to start walking towards that calling. But he's given you that passion for a reason. He's given you that passion for a purpose. And actually, to a large extent, passion trumps proficiency. Do you agree with me, church? Kind of, maybe? Okay, this is, this is where we're at. Um, 
Uh, Shannon and I, just a couple of weeks ago, we were um, hanging out with our um, senior pastors and celebrating our senior pastors down in Invercargill. It was their 30 years of ministry. And there was this one particular photo that came up that had all of these people that um, ended up going into ministry and stuff like that, but it was actually just one snapshot of, um, of what um, Pastor Ian and Dale was, the environment that Pastor Ian and Dale were actually able to give us. So one of, the, one of the things that was kind of cool about their ministry, which they're still continuing, by the way, who knows that when you, you never really retire in ministry, once you have a passion, once you have a calling, I mean, you never lose it. The call is still the call. And so anyway, um, one of the things that they were always able to do, and, and it was an, a, an incredible gift, is that they just let people have a go. They would let people have a crack. They would, um, what they would do is they'd recognise the passion and the burden that people would carry for a particular area or subject or item or ministry or however you want to put it. And then they'd just help them in that journey. So for Shannon, Shannon um, at a, uh, pretty early on it was obvious that Shannon's passion was actually young adults. And so rather than Pastor Ian and Dale go, no, that's not for you, or no, that's not just yet, they provided opportunities for her to actually begin to outwork that. And Shannon and myself, we, we kind of developed proficiency on the way. Okay? So um, this is what we wanted to talk about, is passion. Now it's really interesting, I did the, I did the um, study on passion um, in the Bible, and it comes from the Greek word pathos, okay, um, which is where we get the word path, it's also where we get the word, um, pathos is also where we get the word passion, it's also where we get the word compassion, okay, the really interesting thing about almost everything that's written about in the Bible is that passion is nearly always talked about negatively, and so, one of the, and so one of Paul's most common warnings is he warns the church about passion in the wrong thing. So um, there's the passions, the human passions and the, the, the passionate desires of the flesh comes up a bunch of times. I'm not going to talk about that today. This is not one of those types of messages, right? This is the, but um, it's really interesting. It's also where we get the passion of the Christ. From. All right? And so there's these two parts to it. Okay? There's this burden that you carry when you have a passion for something. So one of, the, one of the Greek meanings of passion is burden. So the passion of the Christ as we enter into the Easter season is actually talking about the suffering and the burden that Christ bore on the cross. Like he actually carried the weight of the sin of the world. Like that was the passion of the Christ. But see, the thing is, is it wasn't just that moment on the cross. He also had to lead in all, of the, uh, in all of the spaces up to the point. The thing that we sometimes don't realize is Jesus could have stopped the process at any time. Like a, it's not like a roller coaster. It wasn't like, you know, these events were going to happen. He could, at any time, he could have gone, no, nah, do you know what? This is not for me. Um, just wait for the next saviour. Um, he'll be along directly. The Jews are still waiting for him. Alright? But he didn't do that. He actually placed himself in a position of suffering because he had a burden for the weight and the sin of humanity on him. The other thing that it talks about when it comes to passion is to journey. 
Okay, so it's actually a journey or an uh, a journey or an experience. So a passion isn't just a one single point in time. A passion actually gives you a bit of direction where you go. I have a passion for my wife, right? And and it's a it's a it's a good passion. It's good that we're weird and not weird. And it's, see you later. Um, it's good that it's good that we're um, weird together, and that and and that's great and stuff like that. But. If that was my entire life, if my entire life was feeling passion for my wife, nothing else would get done. We'd have 26 kids. Um, I don't know. All right. But this is the thing, is that God's given you a, there's a birthright that you carry, a spark and a confidence. So when it comes to passion, when it comes to the pathos, there's a burden, there's a journey, there's a suffering, and there's an experience. So when it comes to us and the way that we live our lives as Christians, what we're actually doing uh, when we, we think about the passion that God's given for us, given to us, is we're actually deciding what burden we're carrying. Okay? We're actually deciding what is the, what is the stuff that we're willing to journey with and journey for. Okay? So, here's my, here's my thing. Oh, I've got to go that way. So... Here is a passion and profici uh, proficiency matrix. Now I'm just giving a wee bit of an intro and we'll go into like the actual like theological and behind in just a minute, okay? Um, so we've got these four different areas, right? We've got passionate, we've got proficient, we've got not proficient, and we've got not passionate, okay? So, and in the middle we've got this wee thing here that says the development zone. Now, We've got things at the moment where we've got passionate over here, right? But if we're passionate about something, but we're not proficient in it, then we're potentially going to get distracted. Okay? So that's one of, the, one of the ways that we can go. If we're proficient in something, but we're not passionate, it's not going to interest us. We're going to lose, we're going to lose passion. Uh, we're going to lose interest in it. If we're not proficient and not passionate, you end up in drudgery. It's just like stuff that just, you know, ends up with resentment and stuff. But if we're passionate and proficient, there's actually going to be a desire in our hearts. Okay? And so um, for this, this is actually um, taught at Vision College up in, uh, up in Hamilton. And so the thing is, is that somewhere in the middle here, as we decide what our passion is, as we decide where our proficiency is, we're actually putting ourselves in a place of development. Right? So, so often we have to try things in order to know what we like, right? That's why being a young person, being a youth is important. That's why being a young adult is important. That's why, have you noticed that as you get older, it's actually getting harder for me to develop new passion. Like the things that I'm passionate about are almost like hardwired into me. And so it's actually a conscious choice for us. Um, ooh, something's happening there. Um, it's actually a conscious choice for us to, 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 to move into that development zone. So my question for you today, church, is where are you moving towards? Where are you at the moment? How are you spending or how are you pouring out your life? Are you doing something that you're proficient in? Are you doing something, are you doing something that you're passionate about? Are you doing something that you're, uh, you're passionate about, but maybe it's not the right direction for you? 
And so my questions are, and we'll go into it, where did passion and proficiency overlap for you? See, the thing is, is that um, for most of us, what will happen is when we're um, operating in the calling that God's given us, He's going to give us a passion for it, and there's going to be a proficiency that's developed within us. We don't need to have it at the start of the journey. We just be, need to be willing to carry a burden for a while. And so one of the things that I can um, say to you that's actually helpful when you're wanting to develop a passion is find passionate people to hang out with. Find people that are passionate about the things of God. Find people that might not necessarily have the same proficiencies, uh, proficiencies as you. But when you find passionate people, what will happen in your own life is you'll decide, um, you'll decide this passion is for me or it's not for me, right? So I've got a few, a few thoughts and then we'll go into that thing. So, here's a couple of thoughts that I had. Passion in the wrong thing is at best distraction. Okay? Passion in the wrong thing is at best distraction. So that's my, that's my first thought. Okay? If you're, if you're passionate, you can be passionate about whatever. I am passionate about board games. But if I was to get everyone in the room, okay guys, for church today, what we're going to do is we're going to get around and we're going to play a big game of Monopoly. Let's go! <laughs> there'll be one or two people in the room that are like, absolutely. Um, there'll be one or two people in the room going, well, I'm not going to be friends with these people anymore by the end of the game. And for some people it's like, for Shannon, she's like, I'm not playing board games. I'm not passionate about board games. It's probably because she's not proficient in winning against me. Um, or the air went out of the room. Okay, I, apolo I apologise. I definitely went over the line there. Okay. So passion in the wrong thing is at best distraction. Passion in the wrong thing, at worst, derails your purpose and destiny in your life. Right? Um, if you've ever been part of a, a bad relationship, we, we all know this. <laughs> But, oh. And so the thing that you know, um, you'll know in your life that if you're feeling distracted is, so there's the litmus test, right? I got this from yesterday at our um, youth leader training. Did you follow Jesus into this? And can you follow Jesus out of it? Did you follow Jesus into this, this area, this passion, this, this whatever? And can you follow Jesus out of it? So where is it taking you? And so it's pretty, it's pretty cool. And so when you know what your passion is, when you know what your purpose is, when you know what direction that you go, everything else becomes distraction. Which I think is awesome. It's awesome to know what you're passionate about. It's awesome to know the burden that God's put on your life. Because as soon as you know that, you know what you can say yes to, uh, what you say yes to and you know what you can say no to. So this is a second thing that I thought about this particular thing. Proficiency without passion will lead to discouragement, disinterest. I am a proficient teacher. I, I'm, I'm trained in teaching, I'm proficient in teaching. Um, but if I was to spend my entire life teaching, it's not actually something that I'm passionate about. Or at least it's not what I, the reason that I got into teaching. So if I don't understand what my passion is around my proficiency then I'll actually pour out my life for something that, I, that doesn't matter to me. Okay, so like, 
I'm not passionate about teaching, but I'm passionate about young people. Do you see the difference? So if you can understand the reason for operating in the, in the areas that you're wanting to operate, it actually really, really helps you. If we have passion, we can develop proficiency. As a body of people, uh, as a body of people together, we aren't proficient in running a church yet. We're still figuring it out, right? We know, we know that. We don't know how to run a church of 100. We don't know how to run a church of 200. We don't know how to run a church of 400 because we've never been there before. But there's a passion and a conviction that we carry that we're in this together. And so we're going to develop proficiency as we go. And so there's going to be times where stuff starts to fall over, and that's going to be okay, because if we have a passion and a conviction, we know what direction that God's called us to. There's complete silence, which freaks me out. Okay. So proficiency in the wrong thing is pouring your life out for something that you don't care about. The great thing is, though, is that when we have passion and proficiency working together, it leads to purpose, direction, and fit. When we know what our passion is, when we know what our gift things are, we actually know what direction that God's called us to. Um, we can choose to have a passion for the natural, or we can choose to have a passion for the supernatural, and what we value is what we're going to become. Uh, Matthew 6.21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What you value is where your heart's going to follow. And so my question then is, church, is what do you value? See, the thing is, is that you carry the culture of what you're passionate about. What you're passionate about you'll carry the culture of it. If you're passionate about being wealthy, your whole life will be organised around that. If you're passionate about developing great relationships, the way that you operate will come out of that. If you're passionate for the supernatural, then how you operate will flow out of that. So what I wanted to talk about today, and, uh, and this is where we get to our uh, actual... Uh, the verses that we're going to um, fit on, uh, finish on, is Romans 12, verse 11 to 18. Okay? And it's quite interesting because it's not one that's generally um, talked about when um, you talk about passion, but it's, there's actually a way of operating in Romans 12 that will help us as a church start to move together. See, the thing is, is that there's actually an individual passion that we carry for our own lives, or an individual passion that God's put on our life. But there's a corporate passion as well that we carry together. And so this is the way that Paul puts it. Verse 11. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion towards Him boiling hot. Radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit, and let Him fill you with excitement as you serve Him. It sounds like a pretty cool thing to do. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord. Keeping your passion towards him boiling hot. Keeping the main thing the main thing. Radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. 
See, remember, even in the smaller stuff of the early church, one of the things that the disciples looked for was, were they filled with the Spirit? Who's going to look after the widows? Well, they'll need to be filled with the Spirit. Who are we going to put amongst each uh, Who are we going to appoint as elders and overseers? Well, they'll need to be filled with the Spirit. Verse 12, let this... Oh. Verse 12, let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. See, when it comes to passion and proficiency, what will happen is there'll be a desire and a purpose that's put on your heart. And so when there's desire on your heart, you know, it talks about hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is, or a desire fulfilled in one of the translations is a tree of life. And so when we have passion and proficiency together, there's actually a longing that's created within us. There's actually a desire and a passion for us to move towards those things. Oh, don't give up in the time of trouble, but commune with God at all times. There's going to be times in this coming season where we're going to, as a church, we're going to need to decide if this is where God's really calling us. Because it's not always going to be sunshine and lollipops. Sometimes it'll just be lollipops. No, I don't know. Verse 13. Take a constant interest in the needs of God's beloved people and respond by helping them. And eagerly welcome people as guests into your home. Um, I'm going to tell you a secret right now. Uh, it's not a secret to Shannon. Um, I, I don't actually like cleaning. Why is that funny? I don't actually like cleaning. Um, when it comes to church stuff, it's tough for me to pack in. It's tough for me to pack out. Um, stuff doing that, that kind of stuff. I like talking to people. I like connecting with people and stuff like that. But the thing is, is that when you're passionate and you know the reason why you do what you do, then you're willing to serve in ways that you would have never thought before. So I don't like packing in and out, but I'm passionate about creating a great atmosphere so that people can encounter God, right? And so that when I approach my, when, I, with, when I, I take my attitude to serve and I take my passion and, and even though I might not be proficient in cleaning, ask Shannon, I'm not proficient in cleaning. I'll try, but I'll do it wrong. Okay. But in a church environment, right, if I'm passionate about people and I'm passionate about the things of God, then I'll be willing to do whatever it takes in order to create an environment where people can meet with Jesus and that's what Jesus talks about he talks about bringing the high the high will be brought low the, you know, the, high, the, the lowest will be highest the highest will be lowest it's this upside down leadership type stuff if we're, in order to lead we need to be servants first we need to be able to put others needs before our own needs it's that upside down stuff So take a constant interest in the needs of God's beloved people and respond by helping them. See, if you're passionate about people, then you'll serve them. You'll look after them. 
you'll help to fulfill their needs. And eagerly welcome people as guests into your home. We talked about this last week. We want to be people that invite people. We want to be inviters. We want to be people that bring people into our lounge and our living room. Speak blessing, not cursing, over those who reject and persecute you. Celebrate with those who celebrate and weep with those who grieve. Live happily together in a spirit of harmony and be as mindful of another's worth as you are your own. There's actually two really important, uh, two really important um, uh, principles in here. Value others. But there's actually a second important principle in here that we, we often push down. Value yourself. Does that make sense? And be as mindful of another's worth as you are your own. Uh, in another part of the Bible, it talks about loving others as you would yourself. Now, if you don't love yourself, and I don't mean in a look at me, look at me way, but I mean in the love yourself as God loves you then there's a bit of a disconnect. You'll never be able to love people in a way that God wants you to love them. It's just a thought. Don't live with a lofty mindset, thinking that you're too important to serve others, but be willing to do menial tasks and identify with those who are humble-minded. Don't be smug or think even for a moment that you know it all. All right, Paul's, Paul's winding up today. Um... Gatfillers are my favourite people. People who are passionate about the things of God. People who are passionate about the church. Um, like I said before, I'm not passionate about cleaning. I'm passionate about Jesus. I'm passionate about creating a great environment where people can find Him. And so when we pack in, when we bump out, we remember the why of why we're doing what we're doing. We remember the passion that we carry for, for, for God and for good. We remember who, uh, we remember the why, we remember who we're serving. And we remember the one that we serve. with this. I too am interested to see how this turns out. No. Here's my thought, right? Um, this is not my thought. This is Steve Jobs, just by the way. I don't this it's down the bottom. Um, my thoughts actually, when we get developed of understanding of the passions that we have in our lives, it gives us direction in the way that we operate. Um, Steve Jobs um, kind of puts it this way, and I kind of wanted to land here, all right? So in order to have passion, you have to be burning with an idea or a problem or a wrong that you want to right. If you're not passionate enough from the start, you'll never stick it out. So here's my question then. In your own life and in your own situation and in your own circumstance, as you see sort of like your life in that, um, where's the need that you see, for, you see need to be fulfilled? 
What bugs you? What do you have a burden for? What would you be willing to go on? Uh, uh, what would you be willing to go on a journey for? Um, for Shannon and I, we're passionate about establishing a great church in Central Otago. It's like literally the hill that we're willing to die on. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's like this far and no further. We're, we're, we're passionate about creating great churches in regional New Zealand. There's a passion and a conviction that we carry for that. There's a passion that we carry for the next generation, and we're unapologetic about that because that actually helps us, uh, gives us as a church, but also us individually, a direction for us to move in. That's why Shane's, Shan and um, Josh... Um, that's why you guys are willing to go sort of three hours out of the way to, ha- to catch vomit and then still be back for church on Sunday. Passionate about the next generation, passionate about the region and ha- establishing an amazing church where... Anyway, I'm just waffling here. So as we go out today, this is my encouragement. You have a passion. This passion that you carry. You might be sitting there going, no, there's definitely not a passion that I carry. And it might not necessarily be like that hot, burning, on fire, oh my goodness, I need to do this or I'm going to die type passion. <laughs> what it could be is it could be a burden that you carry. It could be an area that you see. Um, I remind yourself frequently that you, the purpose of your life is not to work five, uh, 10 hours per day, five days per week for 30 years, and then retire to a golf course. Uh, it says in Florida, but I, I was trying to figure out what the New Zealand equivalent would be, and up until about five years ago, it'd be Cromwell for, for Southland. <laughs> You're already in Cromwell. I don't know where you guys are going to retire to. Hawaii? All right. Jesus. Um, your true purpose should be to discover your calling in life, basking in, the, uh, basking in the joy of the journey along the way, one step at a time. In the end, your legacy is left to these two questions. What impact did I make in the lives of others? And who did I serve and make better? Church, this is the journey of discovery that we're going to go on. For some of us, some of us know what our passion is. It's just been um, not at the forefront for a little while. Uh, For some of us, one of the words that for Shannon and me um, keep coming up um, is the word distraction. For some of us, we've been in a season of distraction. Um, And it could be spiritual distraction. Like um, for us, we genuinely believe that there's a spiritual battle that's going on now. Uh, For some of us, it could just be a distraction because of a passion in the wrong thing. For some of us, it could be distraction that comes from being proficient in pouring our lives out in something that we don't really care about. And so my encouragement to you, church, is to go away. No, I can't leave it there. That sounds really bad. It's like, bye, guys. No, my encouragement for you, church, is to seek after God. My encouragement for your church is to get yourself into the work. My encouragement for your church is, I'm fat, right? Thank you, JC. You can stay anytime. 
I'm fat, but I actually know what I need to do in order to get fit. I actually, I actually know it. I know all of the elements. I'm, I, have a, I have a university degree. I can research it. I literally know how to make myself thin, right? Like I just do. Spiritually, we can be the same, right? Spiritually, we know what we can put in place for our lives that would give us a passion. We know what we can do in order to give us direction. And so my encouragement, church, is as we go on this journey together, if we have a passion for it, we're willing to do the hard yards as well. And what does that look like? That looks like, the prof- that looks like prayer. That looks like discipline. It looks like fasting. It looks like getting ourselves into the work. It looks like us getting a conviction, like a burning conviction that we know where we're going. That's true for us individually. That's actually true for us as a church as well, right? And so my encouragement is, is if you don't have a passion at the moment, I've got great news for you. You know how to get one. I genuinely think there's something also on people that have carried a passion for something but don't have proficiency in it as well. And you've been afraid to step out into the area that God's called you is because you think that you're under-equipped. I'm here to tell you today, church, that God equips those He calls. And so if there's a calling on your life, there's steps that you can make that are actually going to take you to a place where your passion and proficiency intersect. Now, there might be certain things. I'm never going to be a classical pianist. I physically don't have the capability. So there might be certain gift things where that might not be the case. But there's different levels of calling as well. So if God's given you a passion to speak in front of thousands, why don't you start speaking in front of five or ten? If God's given you a passion to pastor people, why don't you start with two or three? I don't know. My heart um, for us as a church is that um, we just develop a passion and a conviction. We figure out what our fit in and what our purpose is. But that's my heart for you guys for today as well. And I believe that that's what God's wanting to do is he's wanting to fan those gifts into flame again. So I'm just going to leave, I'm going to leave it there. Um, I'd love to pray for you. Um, and then we'll get the worship team up for one more, one more song. Lord, we thank you so much that you give us a passion and a purpose. We thank you so much that you equip those that you call. I believe prophetically that's what, what's happening. It's almost like God's blowing on the embers. <laughs> Lord, I just pray that you fan those gifts and those passions into flame, Lord. I pray that you help us not to be distracted, but you give us a clear vision of where you want us to go. In our lives, in our workplace. 
Lord, I pray for those ones who at the moment feel like they're, pour, um, they're pouring out their lives in something that's not going to have eternal consequence. Lord, I pray that as they go into their workplace this week, there'll just be opportunities um, to plant seeds. There'll be opportunities to share your gospel. There'll be opportunities for them to start stepping into something of eternal consequence. Lord, where there's been areas of our lives where we've been storing our treasures in the wrong place, Lord, help us to store our treasure in the right place. Help us to have a heart after your own heart. Help us to begin taking those steps towards the purpose and the destiny that you've called us towards. Lord, I pray that this would be a time of dreams and visions. That people would be woken up in the middle of the night with a burning desire. Lord, we continue to crack open the prophetic over our, our area and our region. That as we declare, as we prophesy, there would just be something that would shift in the natural as a result of a supernatural shift. God, I thank you for where we are at the moment, but Lord, I, I also thank you that this isn't where we're going to stay. So Holy Spirit, would you journey with us? Would you teach us? Would you speak to us? Would you strengthen us? Would you help us to separate the, out the good from the bad? Would you help us to separate the good from the best? We pray these things in your mighty name. Amen.